our Bibles out, turn with me uh, to the book of Lamentations right after Ezekiel, chapter number three, Lamentations. And uh, boy, that when, when David picked out that song, I knew the Lord was in this. Um, I knew it a long time ago, but I, I guess that's an amen, right? God can amen you. Did you know that? He can say amen to you. All right, Lamentations chapter 3. Tonight, we're speaking on the subject of, of the question, will God find us faithful? In verse number 21, Jeremiah says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is, a, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the Lord, salvation of the Lord. Father, bless this message. Please, to our hearts, help us, encourage us, strengthen us tonight for the road ahead and we pray this in jesus name amen well as you look at lamentations you see that famous phrase great is thy faithfulness god is the most faithful person thing god god's faithfulness is amazing he will never ever stop being faithful to us now how many of you have waned a little bit in your christian life from time to time Nothing wrong with the mountaintops, but have you ever had a valley? Have you ever have you ever had a dry stretch, a dry spell? Have you ever had a, times when you never thought you'd ever sin again, and then all of a sudden you 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 glitched, it glitched, and then and then you you said, "How did that happen?" And you and I, we are not naturally faithful. We're up and down all the time. We go real fast and then we go real slow. Consistency in the Christian life is very difficult to attain. But God wants us to be faithful. So in order for you and I to continue to be faithful, he actually tells us that there is a reward for being faithful. Aren't you glad you don't have to be famous in heaven's eyes? In God's eyes, does anybody have to be famous? Does the whole world have to know your name? Does everybody have to love you? Uh, do, do you have to be known? And do, is there anything that you, uh, that you feel like you have to do before you die that the whole world will find out about? Certainly not. I saw, <clears throat> I saw a little clip of a, a guy from Louisiana down in the swamp. You know what he was doing? He was catching crawfish. His grandpa caught crawfish, his daddy caught crawfish, and all the family business was turned over to him. He had a little boat, and he went up and down the swamps trying to catch crawfish. And he would uh, uh, take uh, this basket, and there'd be a, a bunch of them in the bottom, and he'd empty them into his boat. And you know what he was saying? He's saying, this is the greatest thing in the world. I'd rather have this than any. You can't. Some, some guys like the fast cars in the big cities, but look at this, this swamp. <laughs> He's in the swamp. 
And he says, this is where I want to be. The rest, I want to die right here. He says he wants to die catching crawfish. Now there's a man with contentment. And every morning he goes out and, and he feeds his family. I think he said he had a little uh, child. Got a, got, and they, you know, they live in these cardboard shacks, kind of like uh, cypress on poles. And the, the water level on the cypress trees are above the porch on his house because when sometimes it floods, the Mississippi, you know, it might get backed up and they might have a storm. He said, there's the water line right there. That's when we had a big storm, you know, and he's talking like the, the Cajun guys do. And he, and he got out on his porch and he's got, he's got a little barbecue there. And I mean, I was like, wait a minute, how, how, where, where, does, where does God fit into this? But you know, there's a lot of people like that in the world. And if, and if they don't stay faithful, they just don't even get to eat. Think about that. And God has planned out for that guy to take care of his family and be consistent and go out every day and catch crawfish. Man, he was, tell, he was saying how many different types there are. There's a new strain of crawfish. They're really big. I mean, they catch shrimp and crawfish. Uh, you know, the simple life, the simple thing about being a Christian is is that we don't have to be famous. We just got to be faithful. God is faithful. Now, that faithfulness is so important to us. I want you to see in Luke chapter 18, God's faithfulness is great, but he requires that out of us too. So I want to encourage you, you may not ever get to be on America's Got Talent. America doesn't have much talent. Only a few of them make it. <laughs> Anybody remember the gong show? They had all these nuts come up and do what they thought was neat. And the guy would have the big old, the big old mallet. And, and if the crowd started booing, he'd walk over and bong, get that guy off the stage. You know, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to have some kind of a talent that, that the whole world knows about. But whatever, whatever you do, you have to be faithful. You have to be faithful. That's the greatest commodity that, that God has given us, the ability to be faithful. He wants us to be faithful. When somebody needs to count on you, that make sure they can. When you make a promise, make sure you keep it. When the, when the boss says, I want you here at a certain time, just show up. Uh, I had a window cleaning business, and the contractors that I was work, working with and that one guy asked me, he says, man, you're awesome. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you got here right when you said you would. And I, inside I was saying, yeah, my daddy told me that a long time ago. But you know, it is, it is rare for people to be faithful. But it is, it is a very rewarding thing. Look at this now, Luke chapter number 18. Out of all the things I want God to know that, uh, th that he can count on me. And uh, I, I want him to count on us. I want, I want you to know that God will count on you and rely on you. He could do it all himself, by the way, folks. Hey, are you with me? He could do everything by himself if he wanted to. He doesn't really need us. But he wants you to, to experience the reward of being faithful. All right, let's look at chapter number 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. 
saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her what? Continual coming. She weary me. Now, God's not weary with us. He doesn't answer our prayers because he's tired of hearing about us. He, he's not like this judge. But you get the idea. It's not, it's not the judge that God's trying to show this. It's the continual coming of of the of the widow lady and her faithfulness that's what it is faithfulness you know uh every day and try to uh being the same uh in season out of season somebody can count on you uh not 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 being flighty not being fickle not being blown around uh by one uh issue or next or maybe the wind takes me here or the wind takes me over there uh, one day I uh, said, "Well, I don't want to go to church today. Uh, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that um, that there's some people that just keep going to church? You heard about that guy? He said, I don't, don't want to go to church today." His wife said, "You're not coming?" He said, "No, I don't want to go." And she said, "Well, you should. I'm going." And he said, "Give me, give me one good, good, two good reasons why I should go to church." She said, "Well, you know, the Lord wants you to." And the other one is, you are the pastor. <laughs> so if you, if, you think, if you think everybody that's a pastor just goes, bing, the hills are alive with the sound of music. You think that's how everybody wakes up? Yeah. My, my wife doesn't wake up like that. I, I, sometimes I get in trouble. Hey, isn't it a beautiful day? <laughs> no, it's not beautiful yet. <laughs> it only gets beautiful at a certain time. Now, yeah, man, I get in trouble. I'm a morning person. How many morning people are we? Oh, God bless you. Yes, amen. Sister. All right, one, two. Come on, morning people. One, two, three, four, five, six. June, you want to go on with team? There's money involved. There's a reward. Make up your mind. No. The, I, morning people are just almost the greatest. Well, because my wife's not a morning person, i got to be careful. What I say. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Continual coming. What was it about that woman that got to the heart of that judge who didn't love God and didn't care about men. He didn't fear anybody. What was it that got to that judge? It was her faithfulness. What is it that God's going to recognize in us? It's our faithfulness. You know, the day that you don't want to do something and you do it out of duty, that's, that's going to be the day God said, Oh, man, I don't, I'm never going to forget that. The day that you uh, are faithful... And you resist temptation. God's going to mark that down. Your faithfulness is well regulated or well recorded in God's books. Now, 
in order to properly reward our faith, faithfulness, God has to sometimes test it. So let's go to James chapter 1. Now, we've taught on this for 25, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, the Bible's been there for uh, several hundred years. Don't forget, they were, they were doing a lot better job at teaching the Bible before you and I were ever born. These are old, uh, dyed-in-the-wool uh, uh, principles that are going to get you through life. If you have faith, don't, don't be upset if it's tested a little bit, okay? God wants you to have more faith. But if you don't have the kind of faith that can withstand a little testing, well, then your faith isn't very strong. So he wants you to take your faith and um, he wants you to try uh, get have it tried a little bit, have it tested. Um, let's look at this now. James chapter one verse two and four, two through four. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. When I was taught uh, the skill of welding in the Navy, we had some really strong tests that we had to pass. And one of them was uh, destructive testing, where they try to break your weld. The other is called non-destructive testing, where they put chemicals into it, and if it bleeds out, you know, into the powder that they spread on your weld, then, then it would look like, um, uh, kind of like... Uh, uh, chicken pox on your weld and they, oh you failed and then they put they had the audacity to put it in a uh, x-ray machine and take actual a picture of your weld boy that's a nerve-wracking thing to go through i like the non-destructive testing though i don't like the destructive testing the destructive testing is they put it in a great big press and they just bend it i mean they just bend it until it's in a 90 degree i mean if something pops then you fail and if something breaks, which something will break, then it's not supposed to be where you weld it. It's supposed to be on the other parts of the metal. But what you did is supposed to be strong. That's just the testing. That's, that's a little picture. God might, might put you through a little test. He might put you through a big one. And, and all of our testing is usually non-destructive. At some point in time, you might go through a little destructive test. But... Nevertheless, if you have the kind of faith that makes God want to reward you, you will have to be faithful. And that is the key to the Christian life. Let's look at uh, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter 1. Let's all turn there. Now, have you ever had your faith tested? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we have, with, with as many children as our family has, we've always had a little test of faith. And it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's just nerve-wracking. Sometimes it's just absolutely bone-crushing where you'll have a sick child and you won't know what to do. I mean, that's, that's really hard when you, you're not a doctor. You don't know what's wrong. You don't want to just automatically just rush every time some little pain comes. You don't want to rush the emergency room, you know, just for a, a, a tiny little toothache or something. But, you know, sometimes children cry Sometimes they look lethargic. There's signs, and so oh my, it's just so nerve-wracking uh, when your child's not doing well, and you're in a pressure cooker. You got to figure out what to do, and boy, that tests your faith. 
and 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 that's okay that's okay usually god has has all kinds of uh things that he'll do for you if you'll trust him and he'll guide you through it no matter what i mean it could be a spouse it could be a a relative it could be yourself you know any number of things could go wrong and that's a test of faith um especially when you deal with people uh look at first peter 1 verse uh 1 it says peter an apostle of jesus christ to the strangers scattered throughout pontus galatia cappadocia asia bithynia elect according to the foreknowledge of god the father through the sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of jesus christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of god through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein you greatly rejoice though though now look at it verse six though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the what verse 7 that the what trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of jesus christ what's gold going for right now must be like seventeen hundred dollars an ounce something like that i heard it's way up now one little act of faithfulness on your part is better than an ounce of gold. It's much more precious than of gold that perisheth. One day, the earth is going to burn up and the elements. Did you know gold is an element? You look at your periodic table, those of you who are scientifically inclined. Gold, I believe, is an element and it's going to burn up right now. Gold just gets more and more refined. But when God gets done with it, it's going to burn up. He's got another kind of gold, amen. He's got the gold that's a transparent like glass. And he says, oh, I, I like gold, but I think we're just going to pave the new Jerusalem with gold. The streets are paved with gold. Transparent like glass. Much more precious is your faith than the gold that God's going to pave heaven with. Your faith is very important. To be faithful is very, very rewarding. Let's look over uh, Matthew 25. Now, I've often asked God, I, I like to be transparent. I don't have anything to hide. I like to be transparent. I like to tell you sometimes what my heart's saying. Many times I've wondered why our church isn't running 700 to 1,000 people. Well, there are several answers to that. <laughs> One answer is we're in Bellingham. <laughs> I got some other answers that I won't share with you right now. But look at Matthew 25 and verse 21. Look at this. 
His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Isn't that great? Think about that for a minute. Well, you know what? According to my Bible, that crawfish farmer down in Louisiana, if he's saved, all he, he doesn't have to go out to the big city and be famous, does he? Can you believe all, he just used to be a good crawfish farmer? He said, I don't know if I get that, Brother Shaver. Well, get it. It's true. What do you do? What do you do? The world says, oh, all they do is, uh, all they do is stand at, at one spot in the factory and go ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Well, you better be the best ka-chunker there is. <laughs> That's what God said. You better be the best crawfish farmer in your parish. <laughs> hey, man, uh, you, got, you got to get out there and get your crawfish. And, and get out there and get your kachunkin' going on. Right. Do whatever God wants you to do, but be faithful in it. That's the key. Thou hast been faithful. I will over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Do you know this is amazing, isn't it? Now, there's some people up on Capitol Hill that are mighty well known. Oh, do they have the money. Oh, do they have the fame. All they got to do is take and throw out some facts to some publisher and write a book, doesn't matter how big it is, they throw a book, nice cover on it, a catchy phrase, and off to the races they go. And they're making millions of dollars telling about their nasty life and their sinful, the sinful way of living and all the terrible treachery that they're guilty of. And some of them are good, some of them have good books. Don't, don't, I don't think that every book is wrong, that's what I'm saying. But some of these characters, they, they all they got to do is just throw a bunch of junk. All they got to do is just um, just talk a lot and throw it in a book, and then they're millionaires. There's lots of well-known people. They say, oh, I could never do that. Well, you don't have to be an author of a fancy book. You don't have to be a judge or a congressman or a senator. You don't have to be a businessman that's making millions of dollars. All you have to do is just be faithful. That's the key to the Christian life. I found that out. God has done great things with me personally in my life just because I'm faithful. Now, I'm not the most faithful guy in the world. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not tooting my horn. But you know what? I think years and years and years ago, I'll tell you the truth, honestly. I came up to Bellingham. There was a pastor that went to jail. Listen closely. I came to the church and asked if they uh, were looking for a pastor. They said, not you. We don't, want a, we don't want anybody with a family. We're looking for an elderly guy that doesn't cost any money. All that. True story. I went, I went back to San Diego in tears. I thought the door was shut. Now, honestly, I think that this town right here, Bellingham, this whole area, we're starving for good, solid, Bible-believing churches that... Uh, are soul winning and old fashioned use the King James and have good music and all that I mean, it's just an I- independent you know uh, we're, we're, can anybody agree with me we're not in South Carolina or Florida or 
You know, we're not in Alabama. You all know what I mean. It's not the way of life up here. And I think this, I honestly think what God did, I think he said, well, since you've been praying that uh, if, that if I had a city for you, this is God speaking. Uh, I remember walking around Granite Hills High School every single Sunday morning for years. I'd, I'd walk and pray and cry. I'd say, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. If you want me to take a city, you want me to do whatever you want me to do, I'll stay here. I'll do anything you want. But if you do have a city that you want me to go to, I want you to know I'll be glad to do it. And I didn't know. Then I think God said, well, I got a really nasty city that I think I want to send you to. I got a real, I got a real liberal town to put you in. Anyway, I think what God said was, I, I think he might, he might not quit. What do you think, angels? <laughs> Whatever you say, Lord. I, th I think, I think he might not quit. That's why I think I'm here. I think God said, well, I, I, you might not quit. He knows me. He knows you. He knows this. Now, that's why I think God might not be running 500 here at Evergreen Baptist Church. But whether he does or doesn't, I don't think it's a good thing for me to quit. I don't think it's a good thing for me to backslide and get into the world. I think it's a real good thing to stay faithful. I think it's real good for you to stay faithful no matter what God tells you to do. Look at Luke chapter 19. It's just so wonderful to know that God, when he says, uh, don't worry about the world, don't worry about Christianity, don't worry about all the people and your brothers and all the good, wonderful things that I'm doing in maybe other parts of the country, don't worry about that. Don't worry about uh, guys that, uh, that might be struggling more than you are. And believe me, there's a lot of churches folding right now. Did you know that? A lot of churches are quitting. I don't think we should. Verse uh, 17, Luke 19, 17, look at it with me. It says, and he said unto him, well, thou good servant, Jesus said, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, very little, have thou authority over ten cities. Do you know that that's not for pastors only? Folks, do please get this. If you don't get anything else out of this message, get this. He's not talking just to pastors here. He's talking to you. You and me. Everybody in this room. If you are faithful over very little, he's going to make you ruler over things. He's going to give you authority. He's going to give you a place in his kingdom that's not just sitting on the bench. You say, how many understand communism is wrong? Amen. Did you know some Christians think that there's a communism up in heaven where everybody's just religious communism up there? everybody's exactly the same. I can prove to you the Bible says that's not true. By the way, the default, the default going to heaven, uh, that's nothing to laugh at. I mean, you have eternal life. 
But let's 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 think. What? Why does God put in the Bible that there are rewards and different things that you can obtain, things that you could only you could do, things that only you could accomplish for Him, and that He has a special job just for you? That if you don't do it, nobody else loses but you. He's got a special job just for you. That if you don't do it, you're the only one that loses. Boy, I tell you, when God, when God, God, God does not have religious communism and glory, He has rewards and blessings. He's able, and by the way, He's able to love every single person in the whole world, and He wants every single person to go to heaven. But I know some mighty good Christians that have sacrificed immensely, gone through fiery trials, lost their lives. Uh, read the book of uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, and you'll wonder, like, how does anybody get that kind of strength that they would give their lives over and let somebody treat them that way? I don't know. I hope I never find out. But if I ever do, I hope I'm faithful. Yes. I hope I'm faithful. I want to be. I want to be faithful. Uh, let's look at First Corinthians for just a minute. We're going to finish up. Everybody, getting the message tonight? It's faithfulness is the key. Faithful. I want God to count on me. I want my wife to be able to count on me. I want my kids to count on me. I want my church to be able to count on me and rely on me. And sure, uh, nobody's made of steel. Everybody has faults. But I want, my, I want people to count on me. And I want to be able to be known, and you should too, that if you say you're going to do something, uh, just whatever it takes to get that done, uh, we're, we're all made of the same flesh. We're, it's hard to stay faithful. It's hard to do what you, sometimes it's, it's, it's really difficult and things happen, you make mistakes, and, but you get right back on it and you say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going and I'm going to do exactly what I said I was going to do. I'm going to be an honorable person and when God wants me to do something and if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Boy, it's just, it's just so hard to live perfect. But I think God loves us who try. Amen. I think he loves to see us try to be faithful. He's faithful. 1 Corinthians 1 and uh, verse number 9. It says, God is faithful by whom ye were called under the fellowship of his Son, Jesus, uh, Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord. So he's faithful. And he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able. I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Um, there's a reward in 1 Corinthians 3. You can, you can go there. But what, what it says is that every man's work shall be tried. So you, you, your work is not exactly what mine would be. Mine is not exactly what yours would be. You're, you'll be tried for your own work. And I'll be tried for my own work. And whatever lasts, of course, we'll get a reward. Um, and the Bible says, hold fast to, to your profession of faith. Because God is faithful. We're supposed to be faithful laborers, faithful stewards. We're supposed to be a faithful witness Faithful in our prayer life, faithful friend, faithful ministers and servants. And I want to close with this illustration. Um, I got to college uh, in uh, 19, 
89 to go on staff at my alma mater. I had graduated and I've gotten my degree and then I was out of uh, college for a few years, uh, let's see, about four, at which time I'd been married and we had a few kids, I think two or three at that time, three, had just had Justin. So we got a call to go back to Jacksonville and then I got was uh, put on staff as associate pastor and to teach in the college. It was a wonderful dream come true. Well, now I was at the other end, instead of sitting at the student chair, I was the one teaching. It was very intimidating, but I got used to it and I started teaching and I noticed something. I wanna tell you this and we'll be done. There's a real joy for the teacher when the teacher teaches a subject and some of the students pay attention. And then they do the work. And they got their assignments done. And they hand it in on time. You wouldn't believe what a joy that is to the teacher because it makes the teacher feel like it, I got through. <laughs> My work wasn't in vain. They, they listened, they did the work, and they got the assignment. And when they pass it in, I, I knew the students were probably going to get an A, but I was just as happy with those people that I knew that did everything they could and they might have got a C. And I was so happy to give them the good grade knowing that there would be a, a, a few A's and a, a little more B's and then the majority would get a C. That's, that's usually how it goes. There'd be a few that got a D and then there'd, there'd be a, a few that... Uh, got a failing grade. I understand that. But there's a, there's a connection between the teacher and the student who hands in the uh, assignments on time, done well, done good, got the message, understood, got the material, and learned it. Oh, there's such a connection between the teacher. Because you know what I believe? If there hasn't been any learning, then there really hasn't been any teaching. A teacher needs to be a teacher that can actually teach. And Jesus is our teacher. Is that right? Yeah. And we're just supposed to be faithful students. So hand in your work on time. Amen? Do the work. Get it, get it done and be on time. And don't be late for class. All that. But, you know, it's just that connection that a teacher has with a good student. And that's what the Christian life is all about. It's not so much, listen... There's nothing wrong with doing every single thing you can do and coming up with a C. I mean, I love, how many love math? I love math, <clears throat> but I'm not real good at it. It takes, I'm really thick-headed when it comes to formulas. I'm, I'm just, I'm more practical than, I, than a nuclear scientist would be. I'm, I'm more on the hands-on level. So when I worked real hard and got a C, I was really happy about it if I knew I worked hard. So tonight, what is this message all about? Faithfulness. Just being faithful. Kachunk if you have to, and fish for crawdads if that's what you're doing. But just, just do it. Let's bow our heads for prayer.